0: Welcome to The Howler Podcast. My name is May Ono and I'm the Editor-in-Chief for The Howler.
1: My name is Claire Chen and I'm the Managing Editor for The Howler.
0: Thanks for checking out today's first episode. Today we'll be talking about Northwood alumni Jerry Liu, who recently opened his own tea store called Theology. We asked him about what it was like opening his own business and how his experience at Northwood helped him realize his dream of delivering genuine tea to the people of Irvine.
2: Uh, My name is Jerry Liu. I graduated from Northwood, class of 2017. A little bit by myself, I actually finished up uh, college in UCI in physics, so (laughs) going to T is very different from from, uh, you know, what I majored in. Um, And for the past two, three years I've been working on theology stuff. Um, The past uh, year I've been actually trying to like push the brand a bit more and then the prior two years to that, I've really been focusing on making the perfect milk tea.
1: So, has opening your own shop always been something you wanted to do, or like what led you <sighs> to pursue this?
2: Yes, I think I've always had. So, my family back in Norcal, um, in actually in Oakland Chinatown, I think uh, we used to have a restaurant, um, but that closed down. So, I think for me, it's I've always wanted to open something like a cafe again, just to serve like just home food. But then. Uh, in college, I started working at Seventy's, um and Omomo, and I think just from working there, sort of uh, inspired my like, or fostered like a tea fashion that was already there. Um, and then looking back at it, when I was younger, like you know how like a lot of your grandparents, <laughs> they always like tend to drink tea anyway. So yeah. <laughs> um, I was always fascinated it because that was literally nothing like, that's all my like, aunts and uncles, they, that's all they drank. So I was very curious uh, from a very young age. And then I think just working at um, the different boba shops that I have worked at was what sort of really got like my Jewish earnings like hey like I want to also do something like this um, but also like put my own own twist on it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what did the initial planning process for opening your own shop look
2: like? Um, honestly it, it started off with literally just me like I wanted to make my own tea and my own milk teas It started off with that um, and then eventually I uh, you know I started having a few friends who came over and tried it and I would always started to uh, my brother and his friends um, and eventually they're all just like oh, this is like, you know, you should sell this type thing <laughs> and, I was, and that, that's that's when I started to also like think a little bit more into It was all the same time as, as, as I was working at Seventy's as well um, So starting off if I think it's just a lot of one is perfecting sort of the recipe itself which takes a lot of time because you know, as, at first I was like, "Oh yeah, just take some tea, <laughs> splash some milk in it, call it a day." Um, but you know, obviously, like nothing is ever that easy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, starting off with was really just refining the recipe to something that I really truly believed in. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, when I when I serve drinks, like I can confidently say, like this drink is good uh, when I give it to someone.
1: Do you think any experiences at Northwood helped you with this business? Oh, yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually came into Northwood as a sophomore, so I didn't actually do my freshman year here. So I think that just being in a completely different environment at Northwood uh, really helped with that, Was just like, you know, it it forced me to be out of uh, my comfort zone, which I think it was was amazing. Um, And also, additionally, I was also part of Northwood's uh, tech theater team. A lot of things in tech theater like there's a lot of sort of problems that come up and you have to really deal with those like you know as they come up and and, and really get creative with problem solving which i think has helped a ton because you know there's a lot of things where now i run into you know i can't just you know throw a towel and it's, it's really a, like figuring out a solution um and, and trying multiple solutions and not just one and, you know there's always something you can do a little bit better which i think you know, it's tech helped a ton with that so
1: yeah, definitely. I was in tech too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Wait. like so many problems on the spot. Wait, which are you
2: are you still currently in tech?
1: Um, not this year, but I did sound crew in freshman and sophomore year. Yeah, I th- yeah
2: that's what that's what Alice did. Yeah, yeah. sound is. That's also very tricky too, like especially you know when it's live and you have your musical performance and stuff. Like you have to like make sure that you know you have your backup mics ready and everything. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, if something goes out or, or someone's mic all of a sudden goes haywire. Like you really have to like work on the spot. So like it's a lot of pressure in that sense, mm-hmm. but it's like to me, I really like that because you know it really forces you to like think on the spot and uh, um, just try to work as efficiently as possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there something in particular for when you're choosing your ingredients that you really consider?
2: I think the main thing is quality. Uh, I set a very, I set a baseline in terms of like what I wanted to for sure like not use. And and one of the main things was like no like artificial syrups, no artificial like powders. um, And and the tea has to be actual like genuine um, like quality loose leaf tea. Uh, So I off for that. Uh, And then from there, the next thing is obviously sort of the milk. So a lot of uh, bubble places, and I think I want to say like 90 95% 95% of both places, they use a thing called non-dairy creamer powder. Um, so it's basically, it creates like an artificial like milky texture to it. But again, like that, that sort of like hit one of the things I said for myself, which was I didn't want to use any powders. So next was also trying to find the right milk, which initially I thought, you know, you could just use any sort of like whole milk and just throw it in there. Um, but that upsets the balance of the tea a lot. So I had to start looking at alternatives. So i tried everything from like, you know, plant-based milk um, and then I sort of eventually settled on um, a, lactose half and ha- a lactose-free half-and-half half that I use now because um, I myself, I'm, I'm lactose intolerant, so, you know, I can imagine, I, I know there's a ton of other people who are lactose intolerant, so I don't want to give them a product that is going to upset their stomach. So in the actual drink itself, uh, that was the next thing was the milk, and then the last thing was the sweetener. Uh, so for me, a lot of places use, like, fructose corn syrup, which, again, is, is a very traditional. It's, it's easy to obtain. It's easy to use. Um, it's basically sort of what is established in the industry, but again, like for me, I want to do something that's different, so and something that I really believe in. So what I use is actually blue agave, um, so it has the sweetness in terms of like the, the sweetness level of honey, but it doesn't have like that very strong like honey flavor that you know when you taste honey, like you know like this right. is honey. Uh, so, but it has that same sweetness as honey, uh, but not the sort of like the taste of honey. Um, and then. I'm able to use like about like thirty percent less sugar than other bubble places, so it overall just creates like a very healthy, healthier alternative, healthier drink, um, and one that doesn't compromise on on taste. So as I'm testing all these ingredients, uh, each ingredient I test, um, my main focus is still the tea. Um, so I wanted, I really wanted to make sure that the milk and the sugar don't um, overpower the tea. So they really play as kind of a compliment to the tea.
1: What would you say are your signature menu items?
2: Um, I think all the drinks are drinks. So we don't (laughs) currently have like a, oh, like this is the signature, like get this. Um, I I think I worked hard enough, I worked really hard to get all the drinks to be the same level in Mm -hmm. terms of how they taste, Um, obviously it depends on like what people like uh you know people prefer you know more of a roasted oolong like i'm not gonna drive them towards uh, a jasmine green tea right so um I, I take a lot of care in terms of talking to all the customers and really figuring out what they really do like um because again like everyone's taste buds are different so i have drinks that i know will fit uh, a majority of people's what they like in terms of their preference um at the moment though in terms of what's really popular is our seasonal drink which is the peach oolong um, that's been that's Sounds so good that's selling a lot uh, and then with that too I think one of the biggest things is I use real fruit and there's real fruit in the tea it's not um, again like I wanted to avoid mm-hmm. um, artificial syrups or, or any sort of like syrup of that nature um, so I think that been, has been a really big popular drink at the moment um, so depending on that I'm, I'm going to try to keep it in stock but um, since peach is seasonal I'll, um, you know it's it's definitely free for a limited time and then I have a fall one coming too, so. Oh. I, guess, I guess that would be my, my, my uh, signature, sort of that seasonal drink that I um, kind of like, pressure I was like, this is made with, you know, actual like fruit and stuff. Yeah.
0: What is then the dream bubble shop that you hope to create with Theology, including like the environment or the atmosphere of the place itself?
2: Yeah, so uh, the main thing is it's not your traditional brick and mortar shop. Um, but the, the concept that we're going for that I'm particularly going for right now at the moment is uh, it's sort of like a virtual kitchen so we'll be open on a lot of online delivery platforms I think that's the main thing um, there's a few benefits to this one is um, expandability like you can you um, you know, say for example, if I wanted to do a pop-up in like NorCal right uh, with sort of like this virtual kitchen Since I already have like all the delivery platforms set up all I have to do is really add on that additional location um, And then I can be up and running within like a week or two. So that's sort of um, The idea behind the concept. So it's not a really quite like a like for example like seven leaves where you can just walk in and stuff uh, We are hoping to have that option, but we're really tailoring towards sort of like the um, online kitchen market um and online delivery platforms. Um, in terms of the culture and, and what I have envisioned for, for teology as a brand, uh, one of the biggest thing is tea, uh, is I, I want to refocus again, like sort of again, the attention on tea. Yeah, I like
0: the branding with the genuine tea that I mm-hmm. see Yeah, Instagram. which yeah, is yeah. really
2: cool. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, so one of the biggest things with teology actually is uh, for the tea itself. So a lot of places, they, they hot brew it. Um, in like big batches, mm. uh, which I think is sort of like the traditional way of, of a lot of both places are doing it. Uh, for me, um, we do a, a cold brew batch. So each bag is actually uh, made to order. So um, none of it is like, you know, made, you know, five days ago and then, and then finally served. Uh, so each one is made to order and, and the cold brew process itself takes 15 hours. Like so it's it's an overnight process. It's like somewhere between 10 to 15 um and again like that, just it sort of reiterates what I, I what i want for the brand which is again like focusing on on the tea itself yeah
1: so um so you mentioned your physical store is like where you hope people will come and pick up their drinks eventually mm-hmm. so is there reason why you chose like Irvine or like Cypress village specifically
2: um so i used to work at a cypress village so we're actually moving to a different location in Irvine so it's actually going to be near uh, John Wayne, um, the location will be announced very, very shortly, soon. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, Irvine, honestly, uh, one, I live here. <laughs> uh, and two, I think there's a growing um, tea and boba uh, place in in Irvine, at least. Um, I, I noticed that there's been a growing trend in terms of like, there's like a lot of new shops open up in Irvine that are serving boba and stuff. So um, I basically sort of want to... Be a part of that growth, but also sort of like uh, separate myself from the rest in terms of again like what I'm offering, what I'm serving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and my third, dude, I just love Irvine. <laughs> <laughs> when when I moved down here, uh, I moved down here for a reason, and it's um, you know that feeling after you get home from a long vacation. Yeah, that that's how I feel every time like I go anywhere and I come back to Irvine. So mm-hmm. when I moved from the Bay and, and and when I initially moved from the Bay and I came to Irvine, like that's sort of what it felt like to me. Um, so I wanted to, to start where where it holds, holds dear to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any final advice for anyone at Northwood who's maybe aspiring to open their own business? Uh,
2: yes, I, I want to preface this by saying that I'm still learning a ton. Um, I'm not any older than anyone here at Northwood, realistically <laughs> speaking, so I don't want to speak from, like, a... Very like elderly standpoint with like a staff like oh you yeah, know I possess all the knowledge type thing but um, I, I'm very fortunate to have a few mentors in my life who have been trying who who do have a lot more uh, experience than I do um, and, and teaching me and one of the biggest things that uh, they passed on to me was that it's not going to be easy. Um, and I don't want to say that to deter anyone from trying to start a business of anything, and like entrepreneur or any small business. I think this is one of the biggest things that I, you know that I've learned so far is to really choose something that you're passionate about. Um, there have been a few other projects that you know I, I've started, but they they got like like 30 percent of the way there, and then eventually you know I just started feeling burnt out um, and. I didn't really feel like putting an effort into it, and I think that's like the biggest thing that I've learned is to find something that you're passionate about and you're truly passionate about, and, and you'll know and you know when like there's there's something that you're passionate about because you know you can stay up for days and and, and just keep working on it um, and not really feel tired or fatigued, um, and you know again like if you find something you're passionate about like you know, the days and, and the time will just fly by in terms of the amount of work you're putting in it won't feel as much. Um, but yes, it is, it is going to be difficult. But uh, if you find something that you're truly passionate about, um, I think it makes it worth it.
1: Thanks for tuning in to this episode and we hope you stick around for future episodes. Coming up, we have a feature on an aspiring Northwood writer and their work. See you, See you next time. time.